Hi, I'm Simon Drew, and you're listening to the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, as well as articles and information about my one-on-one alignment coaching, then you can head to my website. It's simonjedrew.com. If you do have the means to support the show, then I'd love to see you in my Patreon community. Just go to patreon.com forward slash simonjedrew, where you'll also get access to over 240 episodes recorded before 2020. But for now, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Practical Stoic Podcast. And thank you so much for spending your time here with me. Today we have a wonderful guest on the show, none other than Ben Aldridge. Now, uh, Ben is the author of a new book uh, called How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. And uh, he reached out to me uh, recently and said it might be good to have a conversation on the show uh, because many of the themes that are in this book that he's written have to do with stoicism, um, which has helped him in many, many ways, which you'll hear throughout the interview. But it was so wonderful to chat with Ben. Uh, such a fascinating guy, has such a cool journey to, and, and a cool story to tell as well. And, uh, and man, I just had a lot of fun and I want to have him back many more times. Uh, and so I'm going to tell you a little bit about him now, and then we'll just dive straight into the interview. So Ben Aldridge is an adventurer who believes that doing challenging things makes us feel better, stronger, and more alive. By routinely throwing himself into unusual situations, he has overcome his own severe anxiety and created a new method for building mental toughness through exciting experiences. His new book, How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, will launch you out of your own comfort zone in fun and practical ways. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just had such a great time talking with Ben. He does have such a great story to tell. And, you know, if you've ever kind of dealt with extreme anxiety, stress, fear, all of these things, you know, you're going to get something of value out of this episode. Absolutely. So if you are interested in grabbing his book, How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, then you can find the link in the show note to where you can find that book. So without any further ado, I present to you my interview with Ben Aldridge. Cool. So we have here Ben Aldridge. Now, Ben, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This is exciting. You've just released your very first book entitled How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, which is so perfect when it comes to stoicism because so much of the philosophy is obviously, as you know, uh, and as the listeners will know, it's it's a really about becoming the strongest version of yourself that you could be uh, to face the challenges of life. And um, Ben, I just want to, you know, hand it over to you. Tell me how this book all came about, um, why you chose to write it and, uh, and, and what did you learn in the process? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's uh, amazing to be able to chat to you about this. And yeah, I can't thank you enough. So my project is all about... I guess my response to very severe and debilitating anxiety. So a few years ago, I was hit with horrific anxiety. I started having panic attacks and I didn't know what was happening to me. I just felt I was in a very, very bad place. And what I needed to do was to understand what was happening. I didn't, didn't have any education or mental health at the time. So it just really caught me off guard and it was very difficult for me to deal with that. So I went on this journey where I started to read extensively and try and figure out what I could do to 
gain control of my life again. And I came across all these different ideas. And Stoicism was one of them, which I write about in my book. Uh, and the idea of um, practicing adversity, the idea of deliberately stepping outside of your comfort zone to build resilience was something that I really latched onto. And um, I started doing all of these challenges inspired by the Stoics. And when I could see that it made a difference with my uh, anxiety, I started to learn how to control those uh, very strong emotions. It really changed my life. And that was the whole inspiration for writing this project and doing all of these uh, weird and wonderful challenges. Some of them are quite bizarre. Some of them are directly inspired by the Stoics. Uh, and other ones are just things that I've come up with um, just off the top of my head. So it's a real mix of things. And yeah, it's now out there. And it's been a, an amazing process to have this book put out into the world and, and to have the readers giving me feedback and starting a dialogue and um, it's been an amazing experience and a real, like a huge change in my life. So it's, yeah, very exciting to be uh, talking about it now. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Right. You know, writing a book is just such a huge accomplishment. And, and, and on top of that, you know, one of my guests uh, once told me, he said, he said that, you know, you write a book, not for the audience, but for yourself, you know, and I can tell that that's been part of the the reason why you wrote this book, because you, you know, you were overcoming your own uh, challenges in your life while you were doing it. Um, talk to me about the debilitating anxiety, because, you know, a lot of my listeners and myself included, we might not necessarily know what it feels like to be you know, in that state, um, you know, but then there's probably some people out there I know who are probably in that state, but you know, they don't even recognize it because they don't get to hear, hear from enough people who have also been in that state and they don't even seek help. So what's it like to be in that state? What, what were your challenges when you're going through that anxiety? So I guess the best way of describing it is it's constantly being afraid when you don't need to be afraid um, this kind of hit me when I was on this uh, road trip in America and at first I thought it was jet lag because my body had all of these physical symptoms and I just it came out of the blue and I couldn't believe that my mind would be doing this so I honestly thought that it was a, a physical illness something that maybe I picked up on the plane as I had like this racing heart constantly shaking hands feeling sick all the time but there was this, this element of fear that just wouldn't go away. It was constant, ever-present. Uh, and when I had no reason to be afraid. And then eventually, to cut a long story short, I went to the doctor and got it like diagnosed. And, and then it was a, a matter of understanding it. But it was very physical. And that's the thing that I, I had no education on mental health. And that's why it was so surprising to have all of these, um, these symptoms, which I just couldn't understand why it was happening. And it can be very scary as well. It's very overwhelming. And a panic attack is a very, very intensified version of all of that anxiety and fear. And it's like someone's got the dial and turned it up to 11. And you just feel, I mean, it feels like you're having a heart attack. And if it's your first panic attack, it's, it's not unusual to call an ambulance because it just feels like you're dying. Um, mm. And it's, it's a very, very scary place to be. So that is basically what I had to deal with and how it, it, it all came about. Now, mm. I say this, it sounds very negative, um, but I would look back on this as actually the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's been a mm. catalyst for extremely positive change. So when you're in a dark place, it's very easy to focus on that. But actually, the amount of growth that you can have off the back of that is, 
is huge. And that's something that is really the key to this whole thing for me and why I feel it's important to share it. Mm. That's, that's one of the big challenges of life, right? Is, is how do you turn your biggest, uh, I guess, challenges into your biggest strengths or your biggest, uh, um, you know, benefits in, in your life. Like you look back at this situation now with your extreme anxiety and you say, I'm glad it happened or maybe not glad it happened, but you know, you've made the most out of it at least, you know, like it, it's, it's led you to be a stronger person. What do you think it is that separates those people? It's, it's, it seems like such a superficial question, but I guess what was it for you that made all the difference in turning that into into a strength in your life so the big the biggest um change happened when i decided to just read and study extensively on Mm. what was happening i I went to the doctor to understand what i was facing and and i was given a choice i could go and have cbt or i could have talking therapy but i just took a step back i decided maybe i was a bit stubborn and probably a little bit uh, embarrassed at the time about the stigma associated with mental health. So I decided that I would just educate myself as much as possible. So I really lent into that, started reading all of these different philosophical books and psychology and self-help, anything that I thought would help me. And that's naturally just where I started to change my mindset from all of these different resources and uh, inspiring ideas. And that's, of course, where I encountered Stoicism, which had a, a huge impact as well. Probably out of all of the things I read, that's the philosophy that I really connected to the most and I think mm. left the, the biggest impression. Yeah. And that, that, that's huge, man. Like that just, you know, I like that you just went out there and just started reading something, whether it was psychology, philosophy, whatever it is. Because honestly, like when it comes to educating your mind, I really believe that something is always better than nothing. Like just just go out there and pick a book, start reading it. Um, you know, I think, um, I think it was Jim Rohn. He said, inspiration starts with education. I think that that's exactly the message that you're trying to get across here. It's like, you know, you had this issue in your life that you're trying to deal with. And, you know, what you did to fix that was you started by educating yourself, you know, and just going out there and looking for some new information because without new information, you're just going to stay the same or go backwards in your life. Um, and yeah, I love that, man. And what, what was it particularly that really uh, jumped out at you about Stoicism? Like when, when did you first come across the Stoic literature and who did you come across? Uh, yeah, why did it jump out to you? So I started, I guess, probably Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way is the book that uh, I first got into. And then from that, I just went and just started exploring everything. And the, the particular concept that really jumped out at me, uh, I really loved it, was the idea of um, voluntary discomfort, mm. practicing adversity to prepare for adversity. And the idea of training and building a resilient mind, it just, yeah, it really jumped out at me. I just really connected to that idea. Uh, I've always loved the Rocky movies and, you know, the montage where Rocky's training and doing all these different things. And I could picture the Stoics doing all of this uh, amazing stuff back in the day, you know, um, exposing themselves to the cold, sleeping on hard surfaces, exposing themselves to the heat and uh, fasting from food and water and all of these things um, sounded really interesting. 
and at Cato as well, he would wear things to deliberately embarrass himself. And that just, that idea of training your mind uh, was something that I hadn't ever considered. But I thought that actually maybe if I start doing this, it's going to help me deal with this uh, crisis that I'm facing. And it really did. That idea, I just lent into it and started to, to do these things. And of course, it started off small because I was in a very bad place. But I set all of these different challenges and uh, slowly started building them up to bigger and bolder things. And uh, the first thing I did was uh, walk to the bench in my local park, which sounds so, uh, I, that's just, you know, that's nothing. <laughs> but at the time when you're in this very, very dark place, that was a, a big deal. And then it goes on and then, you know, after a while I'm sort of like hanging on the side of cliffs and running marathons and learning Japanese and doing all of these things that are very, very different from just walking to the bench but it's that journey and that process of just finding challenges yeah man so, so take take us through some of these things so you've educated yourself you're starting to realize that philosophy stoicism in particular and maybe a bit of buddhism you've also talked about as well um you know these philosophies are, are really opening your horizons in your mind to to new possibilities um you, you're starting to challenge yourself you, you know, you walk on the bench in the park, what's the next step that you take? What, take us through a few of the craziest things that you've done over the past few years uh, in, in your experiments. Okay, so I mean, to get to that stage was, yeah, the, the bench was the, like the first step and then things like catching the bus, which is not really that significant to anyone else. But then I just started compiling this list of different things that I could do to push myself. Um, and that just grew into this huge, uh, massive, overwhelming amount of things. And in my book, I write about 43 of them and I give a, like, how people can get into it. And there's a real range. And actually, it's been interesting to explore the different ways that I could push myself out of my comfort zone. There are physical challenges, uh, which is all about pushing your body, which naturally pushes your mind. So I ran my first marathon. I did a ridiculously long distance walk uh, I did triathlons and I started doing all of these things challenges at the gym and various things like that I then looked at how I could challenge myself by pushing myself out of my academic comfort zone an intellectual comfort zone by like learning new skills and learning how to to deal with frustrations and there's a lot of like philosophical concepts that can help you when you're doing that and it's just playing around with this so learning to solve the Rubik's Cube really quickly and learning how to fold origami. And I started learning Japanese, which was a unbelievably committing uh, challenge. And that's ongoing. And that's something that I've mm. used as a way to, to push myself. And, and then there was the mental side of things, which I would uh, explore. Some of them were directly taken from the Stoics, like sleeping on the floor, just sleep on the floor with no, no pillow, no mattress, just, just hard surface. And, I would, uh, I got into fasting and, and taking cold showers and then ice baths and I went ice swimming in Finland and started to explore all of these different things and wearing stupid clothes like Kato would um, and just things like that and just playing around with it. And yeah, it's been a real mix. Some of them are quite quick and I've done um, that you just cut you like five minutes and then you've, you've done that challenge and some of them are more ongoing. Uh, and I've brought them into my life as a, a practice. And it's that balance, always looking at what your mind is doing when you're um, doing these challenges and, and mm. forcing yourself to, 
to kind of go through that. Man, that's, that's so important as well. Paying attention to what your mind is doing as well. And, and what have you learned about your mind? What have you learned about your consciousness as you've experienced all of these different kind of challenges as you've expanded your, your own uh, intellectual horizons and physical horizons, I guess. I guess it depends. There's lots of different lessons that I've taken uh, all from different things. I, I guess that when I'm pushing my body, if I'm doing something physical like climbing mountains or running, there's a, an endurance thing going on, which is all about how you, what I, what I notice is that my, my internal voice, it becomes more negative, the more exhausted I get. So it's just becoming aware of that before when I was in this like peak anxiety, I could tell my internal dialogue was very, very negative. That only started to change by feeding myself, feeding my mind the right kind of material and really working hard to to change that. And it has changed. And I'm a lot more positive. Well, I'm extremely positive. But I can feel that certain situations will just change that internal dialogue. And I think that when I'm extremely exhausted, I can feel that bit of negativity coming in. But it's being aware of that that is hugely uh, important because I know that it's something that will pass. It's temporary. And that's a huge, huge lesson. Uh, just being aware that sometimes, yeah, you are going to feel negative. You are going to have these uh, internal dialogues that are difficult. And it's, yeah, mm-hmm. working with that and using it as a, <clears throat> using it in a positive way mm. and trying to turn it around. And, and, and what was the, what was the most difficult challenge for you personally? Um, I think it's, it's kind of hard to say because all of these things have been pushing me in different directions. Mm. Um, the first marathon I did was really tough. Because yeah, please tell me about that. Cause I've done a marathon before and it went really, it went really bad. <laughs> it was, it was terrible, but, but tell me about that experience. How, how, how difficult was that for you? And, or, or you could just make me feel really bad and you can say that you just crushed it. <laughs> but what was that like? It was more the self-limiting belief, uh, <clears throat> that I had to challenge with that because yeah. I was, uh, yeah, it, it's such a big thing. And when you haven't done one before, it's always the first one, like the second or the third one, they don't have the same significance because you know that you can do the distance Mm. but when you haven't done it there's always that element of doubt and it's dealing with that that is of interest i guess um but yeah i trained really hard maybe i was a bit over enthusiastic and gave myself a little injury before but then i learned how to rehabilitate so as long as i'm always looking for the lesson then i I feel that there's value in it um Mm. but it was a great experience and something that gave me a huge boost of confidence and I think that's really, that's it for the whole project. As soon as you start doing things and learning to trust yourself and seeing that you can complete, like every time I complete a challenge, I get a little boost in confidence and this just compounds over time. Um, but yeah, the, the marathon, that was, that was a good, really good experience. Although it was really tough. You get to mile 22 mm. and it's, uh, it's really difficult. That last bit uh, mentally as well, having to really lean into all of these tools and tricks that I've been reading. But it's all about the platform for practicing uh, these ideas that we read about and we encounter. Because I think it's all very well reading about concepts within Stoicism or within other, you know, different philosophies. But until we have like a playground or an environment where we can test them out, 
they don't have as much significance or as much weight to them. So I think when we know we can rely on them and we've used them in the real world, that's when they become uh, extremely valuable to us. Yeah. And that, and that's when they become embodied within you, right? It's like, you know, you can, you can talk about how strong you are all you want, but like Epictetus would say, you know, show me your shoulders, you know, like the, I want to see what are the results of your training. I think one of my favorite quotes was um, from Seneca. He said something like, uh, you know, the soldier um, in peacetime is still throwing up earthworks and rehearsing in, in, in the time when there's nothing happening, you know, so that when the battle comes, he's not going to be afraid. There's a massive paraphrase there, but you know, the, the idea is, you know, you, you go out there and you, and you just start pushing a giant boulder up a hill because that's what humans do. You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. And, and you can't just sit there talking about all these changes that you want to happen in your life. You can't just sit there talking about who you think you are. Uh, you know, I've been there a lot. Like I've been that person who, you know, has lots of ideas about who I am. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, put me to the test and, uh, and I fall to pieces and, you know, that's, that's not the kind of person that you want to be in. And, and, and what you've done here is so cool. You've, you've basically said, listen, I've got this massive anxiety. It's not doing me any service. It's not good for me. Uh, so why don't I change something? And then you go out there and you, you know, you do a bunch of challenges, you write a book and, and now you're here, you know, talking about this, helping other people to do the same. And what's been some of the feedback, you know, from people who have read your book, uh, you know, like have, have they been doing some of these challenges? Have they been seeing similar results as well? Yeah, it's, that's been such a lovely part to this whole project, getting people uh, messaging me on Instagram and sending me emails and things. And it's, it's lovely to see that. And people are really connecting to the stoicism that I write about, yeah. uh, which is really interesting. And that's really cool. Um, to hear that some people have never heard of stoicism before so it's uh it's really awesome to be able to introduce people to to that um type of thinking and like there's not loads and loads in my book about it but there's there's enough and it's such a core part to the project that i think uh there's there's a weight to that and i've got loads of pictures of people like lots of people they tag me in their pictures so when they're having like ice baths or the rubik's cube is very popular i get lots of pictures of rubik's cubes um and yeah so just all of these different things people wild swimming and like entering races and doing all of these different things and like there's a there's a concept that i talk about quite a lot which i i think actually people enjoy this so i, I get a lot of feedback off this one because i always encourage people to create their own challenges because the things i talk about in my book are the things that personally challenge me and they're not going to challenge everyone but they're just ideas for inspiration but a huge part of it is to create your own challenges. And how do you do that? So we know what a bucket list is, but the idea of an anti-bucket list is something that I absolutely love. And this is what we do. You know, So the bucket list, oh, there's all these things I want to do before I die. The anti-bucket list are all the things I don't want to do before I die. Well, and mm. as adults, we don't have to do these things. But actually, because we don't want to do them, there's a huge amount of growth that we can get off the back of that. So I'll give you an example. For me, I had a horrific fear of needles. So I turned that into a challenge. And that's something that's very on the anti-bucket list. I could have avoided like unnecessary needles, but I decided that I would use that to my advantage. And I guess that's kind of a stoic exercise, seeking out that discomfort. So I went and got acupuncture multiple times. And <laughs> 
that was really tough the first time i'm literally covered in needles in my hair like in my face stomach legs you know between my toes and yeah facing that and having it as a, a challenge is turning a fear or something that we really don't want to do into something that we can use as a like a environment to learn and grow and to discover more about how we deal with difficulty so this anti-bucket list everyone's anti-bucket list is going to look different it depends on who we are you might be afraid of deep water so your challenge or the way that you work with that is to go and play with it and actually force yourself to go and swim um, in the sea or in an environment where you you can't see the bottom or can't touch the bottom of the whatever it is you're swimming in mm. maybe you're afraid of heights so you can use that, you know, on your anti-bucket list to go and challenge yourself by going up high. There's so many different ways. If you hate insects, go and, you know, play around with that. Mm. And I think play is important with it. And actually getting some of these uh, anti-bucket list um, feedback challenges and things that people are afraid of is really cool to hear what people have uh, thought about. And, you know, some people are, have told me about caving they hate the idea of it but they actually they love yeah. the idea of challenging that fear of being trapped in a small space and the deep water is actually something i get a lot of people saying about deep water actually oh so deep water is horrifying <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah man like there's we're in a giant scary world out there and okay well, why don't why don't we jump into something like this you know i've talked about my fear of spiders on the uh, on the show before um and living in australia that's not the most convenient fear to have because spiders are like you know just everywhere um and big spiders too um now i i'm i'm slowly starting to uh you know introduce my i'm not so afraid that like it, it debilitates me but you know there's that there's that anxiety there that's left over from the genetics of my father who's had who definitely has arachnophobia um but uh you know i'm starting to learn about spiders i'm starting to like if i see one instead of just being like Ugh, i'll kind of like go up and look at it get fascinated by it you know i'll get interested in it take some yeah. photos if i wanted to like go to the next step and like you know get a spider, put it on my hand, you know, hold a spider, like, like take me through the process that you would take somebody through in this book of how do you actually make the steps to go and overcome that fear and push yourself to the most uncomfortable thing that you could do? Well, first of all, like if you're picking up spiders in Australia, it's very different from doing it in England. <laughs> when, whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever I talk to people like in England, you know, the idea, okay, you can pick up a house spider. It, it's okay they're they're not dangerous in australia it's slightly different so i think it's just being aware of what's safe to do and what isn't um but i think you can play around with that it sounds like what you're doing is is exactly the right method there's a a model called fear exposure which therapists use to help people deal with severe phobias and it starts with that baby steps and you build up slowly slowly over time and it's just the, the concept is you expose yourself to what you are afraid of and the more you do that, the more desensitized to it you become. So with certain things and certain fears, that's going to take a long time. But just that whole process of going from being absolutely petrified to something to even just being around it, you know, you've made clearly made massive progress to be able to actually even just look at it and just humor the idea of studying it a, li a little bit and 
playing around with it, even just to be thinking, how can I get to the next step shows that you're making uh, massive progress with that as a, as a phobia or something that you find challenging. So I think it's just that just slowly keeping them going and, and then, you know, eventually gets to a stage where you can hold like a tarantula on your hand or something and just kind of play around mm. with that. Mm. And it's that little steps that desensitization. And I think the thing is we don't have to, you know, don't have to get all the way with it. We don't have to, maybe you don't ever have to hold a spider, but just what you're doing, like exploring Mm. it and actually looking at it, questioning it and paying attention to why your mind is doing that can teach us a lot. I think there's so much growth to be had in this area, this anti-bucket list, this Mm. exploring our fears, um, irrespective of whether we need, like whether we need to, you know, we don't have to, you don't have to ever deal with that fear mm. if you don't want to. But I think it's, uh, it can be a great exercise and uh, mm. you can have it in a relatively controlled environment. So I think that's uh, something that a lot of people can gain value from. I'm definitely going to have to find a tarantula one day and I'll tag you in a photo. And, uh, but yes, I love, I love this idea of the anti bucket list. I think it's a brilliant concept to really just go out there and write a list of everything that you definitely don't want to do. Cause you know, it's, it's almost, uh, it's, it's exactly the same sort of idea as the mythological idea that, uh, you know, the most value that you will find is where you least want to look, you know, it's like you want to go in, you want to go into the place where it is most uncomfortable for you. Cause that's where you're going to grow the most. And, you know, you say, yeah, you're never going to need to pick up a spider. That's true. Like I never need, like if, if my life has some crazy turn of events where all of a sudden somebody says, listen, you know, uh, we're going to kill you or you have to hold this spider in your hand. Like <laughs> something's gone terribly wrong or I'm living out the plot of a movie, in which case, cool. But, um, but you know, like uh, I, I guess what I think is really interesting is even though, even though you don't need to hold a spider, you do, you do need to learn how to overcome your fears because the, it's, it's like the meta game of overcoming your fears. It doesn't matter what fear you're overcoming. You're overcoming your fears. That's the game that you're playing. It's not, I'm overcoming my fear of spiders. It's I'm overcoming my fears, which is the ultimate game that you're trying to get stronger in, right? So have you found that with every single one of these challenges that you do, the next one becomes a little bit easier for you to jump over that line and get, get into because you've had that practice? Um, yeah, I think I think there's uh, less resistance, and I've started to humour things that I would never have humoured in the past. Which that, in a way, shows me that yeah. I'm moving in the direction. And just yeah, they, they compound. These ideas compound. Not only the more you do, the more confidence you have, but also the more resources you have to deal with difficulty and adversity because you've practiced it before and you know what works for you. And we're also different that different ideas are going to resonate with different people, but it's finding Mm. what things can help you. Uh, And I think just preparing ourselves for the curveballs that life can throw us by deliberately seeking out those environments and those opportunities that really helps. Um, I've Mm. found that it's really helped me. And of course, I'm not saying for one minute that I'm perfect. I can, you know, I'm moving in the right direction and I feel that I'm progressing and I've still got loads more uh, growth to be had. And I'm excited about that, but it's just, mm. uh, I guess it's the way I've reframed it. 
I always see it as an opportunity now rather than something scary or daunting. Like I, I can, I can kind of see it as something that might be, you know, might be fun. I might have, yeah. um, like my initial perception of it might be wrong and that's happened a lot with this project things that i've thought that i couldn't do or things that i thought would be way too scary i've actually done them and then realized that my initial perception was so wrong and Mm. that again that's something that the stoics talk a lot about the way that we perceive things um so Mm. i think it's, it's good to get out there and just try all these different things because we learn so much about how how wrong we are and how our perceptions can just be so off which is great a really yeah um yeah really important lesson yeah vitally important yeah marcus aurelius said that uh, you know perception is everything and you know that's a pretty extreme thing to say but the more you play around with that concept, the more you start to realize, okay, yeah, <laughs> everything is perception. It can get kind of kind of dark and scary if you go down that road. But you know, something that you said there um, really resonated with me, which is this idea that uh, you know your your kind of targets for what you want to take on are uh, heightening as as you do these these exercises. And I think that that's that's really um, that really represents what happens when you start to push yourself outside of your comfort zone is the target changes, which is kind of like, it's, it's kind of like the, the best thing about life and also the greatest tragedy of life is that like, there's never going to be a time when you're just going to be satisfied with the challenges that you've overcome because you know, like you, you get stronger or you reach a new point in your career or you get healthier you get into a great relationship and then you, you want to find out what you can do next to make your life a little bit better or to take on a new challenge or to push yourself more. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing if it's aimed toward good purposes, good aims uh, that improve your life and the life of those around you. Um, and I guess, you know, now that you've kind of done all these challenges, you've written this book, uh, you're helping people to overcome, you know, their own fears, uh, what's your next aim? What's the step, the next step for, uh, for Ben Aldridge? <laughs> That's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. I think uh, really for me, it's just to continue to play around with this, uh, this, this method of deliberately pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and exploring all these different avenues. And I think there's a lot, there's so many more things that I want to do so many more challenges that I've got on my list and so many things that I have to learn um so Mm. i think it's just continuing that journey and seeing where it goes and just trying to say yes to things more that's something that i'm really implementing in my life at the moment and it's sometimes you can have that resistance you you might think oh maybe 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 i won't say yes to this but actually the more you do that you end up having these uh, amazing experiences off the back of that it's like that movie with jim carrey yes man Mm. I really like that. I love just that really, movie. So great. He just suddenly starts, he just, just starts saying yes and then look at what happens off the back of it. So I think he's being open to seeing where it goes because at the moment, I don't know what exactly is going to come off the back of this. So I'm just going to continue to lean into all of these challenges and continue to, to build all of these different areas in, uh, around, based around this concept and, and who knows where, it will go and I'm open to, to where that will be. And it's uh, very exciting to, to see that. Yeah, man. 
That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you. And uh, look, I want to give you an, another chance uh, before we head off. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave with the audience before we say goodbye? So I think the main purpose of this whole project is to encourage people to step outside of their comfort zones because doing this can be an amazing experience. It can teach us about who we are. It can teach us how to build resilience and it can teach us about the things that work for us when we're facing difficulty. And I think the Stoics used to do this and it's a really fun exercise. It doesn't have to be dead serious. We can be playful with it and that's important. And we can find challenges in weird and wonderful places. And I think it's that that's, that's key to the whole project. And I, yeah, I would just encourage people to give it a go. Why not have a cold shower? Why not learn how to pick some locks or climb a mountain? And you can learn a lot in the process. As long as you're always looking for the lesson in whatever it is that you do, then I think everything has value. You give your experiences value when you're always looking for a way of learning for off the back of it. Yeah, man. I love it. I think that's a perfect place to end there. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put the link to your book in the show notes and, uh, and I encourage everybody to go out and read that, how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for chatting to me. Great to, to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to sign up for email updates, join my Patreon meetup groups that we hold weekly, or if you'd like to offer feedback or suggestions for future guests or topics on the show, then you can head to simonjedrew.com. There you'll also find information about how we can work one-on-one together with my alignment coaching, based around the philosophical principles found in Stoicism. Finally, if you are on Facebook, then I'd love to see you in our group, The Practical Stoic Mastermind. But hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time.